Welcome to Beyond My Title. I'm Nakiba and I wear a variety of hats. I'm a sales advisor at a startup in New York City, but that's my nine to five. Beyond My Title, I created a skincare line in my dorm room kitchen in 2010. Three years later, I launched Cori Renee, a plant-powered skincare line that is inspired by nature and powered by plants. I am very passionate about empowering others through storytelling. I believe that we all have a unique story and it goes deeper than our title. I created this podcast to share conversations about how we identify ourselves, our work, and the legacy we wish to leave behind. This podcast was brought to you by Bib Media. Born in Brooklyn, believe the hype. Today, Kevin Gibson is joining me. Kevin is an associate. He specializes in entity formation, venture financing, M&A, contracts, and corporate governance. He published a book under the name Philip Matador called One of Many. When he was first getting started, he interned at a startup incubator in Japan and has continued to travel the world ever since. He's a creator of Free Your Mind magazine. Kevin, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so who is Philip Matador? That's a great question. Um, it's one of the questions that I, I kind of answer in the first page of my book. Um, so Philip Matador um, is my middle name and uh, the name of the street that I was raised on. Um, so some of you may remember that as uh, your stripper name. Um, so for me, <laughs> when, I, when I heard it for the first time, it really just, it really just spoke to me. Um, and it, I'm, my middle name is, you know, Philip. That's from my grandfather. Um, and Matador is the street that I was raised on. So it all really, it, it meant a lot to me. It, um, and and it, the, the name just kind of resonated with me. And so uh, I decided to go forward with that, with the, to, with the, you know, with my book as an author. Well, I can't wait to get into one of many. We're going to talk more about that. Um, at some point in the show, but I want to learn more about what was it like growing up in Columbia, Columbia, Maryland? Yeah, so I talk about this a little bit in the book and Kiba, you know, we grew up together. Um, Columbia is a beautiful place. Um, I think it's a very unique place. Um, it's a place where you have people from, um, you know, all different races, all different financial backgrounds kind of coming together to, to live as one. Um, all of the communities are broken down into villages. Uh, we're from Oakland Mills. Um, but all of the communities are connected by bike paths. Um, and so it's a, it's a place that's kind of organic. You get to know people. Um, a lot of the problems that we see going on in our world today is because people, people just don't have any understanding or, or haven't you know, had any experiences with living around other people. Um, and so when you wake up every day and you see, you know, um, the person that looks different from you doing the same thing that you're doing and having the same issues and struggles, you start to understand that these people are just like you. Um, and so Columbia was a place where um, you, you kind of learn those things. And, and from then going forward, you know, I've been able to get along with anybody, um, regardless of what they look like, regardless of where they come from. So Columbia was it's been a big thing for me. I know it's been a big thing for you as well. Definitely. Columbia, Maryland is unlike any place that I've been to. Um, I feel like the upbringing that we had in Columbia, Maryland is definitely, um, you know, it, 
it's symbolic of the people tree. Just a bunch of people holding hands. Um, everyone looks different. Everyone's coming from a different walk of life, but we're all embracing each other's identities and experiences. So, so yeah. So, what were you curious about as a child in Colombia, or just in the world? What What were you curious about? So, for me, um, I was always an only child, um, and so curiosity just kind of came to me because a lot of times it was just me. You know, I had to figure out, you know, things to do. I had to figure out things to do because there wasn't always things to, you know, people for me to play with, for example. Not to say that my parents weren't great, um, um, but, you know, they have busy schedules and, and things as well. And sometimes as a kid, you're just going to be on your own. And so for me, I feel like it really helped me. It really also helped my creativity a lot, right, because... When you're by yourself, you have to come up with things um, on the go, and you know you have to you have to kind of make make fun out of thin air. Um, and so I, I feel like I was curious about everything um, because it was kind of the, the the environment that I was put in, you know. Did you find that you were innovating different things at a young age, or what was what was a high school KG like? I know what you were like, but <laughs> but what were you like in high school? I, I think things were a lot different. Um, for me, you know, I played a lot of sports. Um, and I was, I've always been a thinker, but back in those days, I, I felt like my mind hadn't clicked on, you know. Um, it was very much just action-oriented. Um, and it was a good thing in many ways because I think, you know, as you get older in age, you know, you start to think too much about things. Um, but as a young person, you know, it's just off instinct, it's off gut. Um, and you get a lot of good results from that um, when, you, when, you're, when your heart and your mind are in the right place. Um, what do you mean by your heart and your mind being in the right place? When you have the right intentions. Um, I think that's, that's kind of the, the key to, to focus on in any situation, you know, because sometimes the result might not be right, you know, but... Is that in person? Is that person's intentions right? And when their intentions are right, and when their heart is in the right place, and their mind is in the right place, you know, you're doing the best you can, and you know, there's no fault there in my mind. What was it like balancing, you know, your interest in, you know, politics, law, but then also being creative and, you know, collaborating and innovating? Yeah, it's actually a great question. Um, so after college. Um, I worked for two years uh, on my own business. Um, worked with Jason, uh, the Greenewit crew. What's, um, what's Greenewit? Uh, so it's pretty much an energy efficiency company uh, where we were working with homeowners to uh, reduce their energy consumption, lower their utility bills. Um, and at that time, when I had graduated, you know, Obama was saying, hey, we're going to reduce energy consumption by you know, 50, 80 percent by 2020. Um, and as you know, you know, we still have all these current problems with our environment, and so it's, it's still a huge issue. Um, but I, I did that for, for two years, and I decided to move on to, to law school. Um, and it's interesting that you asked that question because when I, was, when I was moving on to law school, it was around the time when I had started Free Your Mind as well. Um, and kind of going to law school, right, it's, it's kind of just just in terms of what you think it's supposed to be and also being one of the only black people there um, in my class. Where did you go to school? Uh, Georgetown. Mm -hmm. um, there's sort of this idea of what a lawyer's supposed to be, right? There's sort of this, um, 
you know, you want to be taking, taken seriously, right? And so at the time, I was working on Free Your Mind. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to introduce that to kind of the other colleagues, the other students that were, you know, in my class. Um, because I wanted them to take me seriously. Um, and it's not to say that I shouldn't have if I had approached it differently. Um, but just in terms of how I was thinking about things at the time, it was kind of like, ah, let me just kind of focus on this law stuff and, um, you know, I, my, my heart and my gut is, you know, saying I, I love this magazine stuff. I love this content, you know. Um, Can you tell us more about the content and Free Your Mind mag? Sure. Um, so it was a, it was a magazine. Uh, it came out maybe once every month. Um, I think it was a little bit before its time, to be honest. Um, Definitely. So it was uh, pretty much an e-magazine, um, but it combined uh, music uh, with writing. Um, and also many of the writings, um, I spoke as well. Um, and so there were different sections within the, um, magazine, um, and they all kind of spoke to topics, um, that were meant to help you free your mind. Um, what I found when I was doing the magazine is that, you know, I, I like to write about things that are kind of eternal. Um, a magazine is in, in many ways more temporal. You know, you're talking about events, things of that nature. Um, and that, you know, when I kind of stopped working on the magazine and kind of started writing in other ways, it was partly real. It was partly because I realized that a, a book was something, a setting that was better for me. Um, because it's something that's, it's, you write it, and it's kind of there in time. It's not something that you have to kind of keep on repeating and repeating and coming up with something new. The book is like, this is what I want to say. I said it, um, you know, and I don't, I don't have to force, you know, coming up with something new every month just to say it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the magazine. For your mind, I'm thinking about what it must have been like to be in law school with your cohort. And, you know, you're creating this incredible content that's definitely was ahead of his time people probably needed to free their mind there <laughs> so what was it what was it you know that that inner battle of like i don't want to share this this um my work with with my with that community that you were a part of yeah it's kind of like what i mentioned before it's just like you want to be taken seriously and 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 in life it's so important to first impressions you know yeah you know and so and as I mentioned, being the black person plays into it as well because, you know, you're the only representative <laughs> in many situations. And, and so I don't want to come off as the person who's not serious about this, who's has this other thing on the side that is, you know, talking about all this other stuff. Um, so for me, it was a, it was very much an internal battle in a yeah. sense. Um, and I don't think Free Your Mind in my mind died because it wasn't good or it died because I stopped working on it. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, as I got older, um, I kind of grew the strength to say, fuck all that, you know? Um, and that's why I'm a lawyer now and I have a book because I do what I want. Um, and I think that's the way we need to be living. I couldn't agree with you more. So when did you start down your path that led you here to becoming a lawyer and an author? Um, so I kind of talked about that period after school uh, where I started my own company. Um, 
during that time, I became very interested in business and entrepreneurship. Um, and I majored in political science, but I also interned in Congress because I, I originally thought policy kind of was the way to change things. Um, and while, when I interned in, in Congress, I, I, I really learned about the lobbyists, you know, and, and how they were all pouring money into, um, you know, these, these congressmen's offices and, and how that influenced the decisions that they were making. Um, and so for me, um, in addition to the fact that, you know, they were treating the congressmen like they were ab above everything and, and so holy, it just wasn't a place that really fit for me. And so I saw business as more of my path. And for me, um, just in terms of um, the way I think about the world, writing and, and kind of understanding the world that I live in, uh, the, the law I felt like was a good path for me. Um, but I never, I've never really seen the law as um, kind of the end goal. I've seen it as the, the means to an end. Mm -hmm. um, and that by understanding it from a business perspective, by understanding the law, um, you understand kind of the backbone of everything. And so whenever you're starting something, you know, whenever you're starting a new venture, um, you kind of have that, backbound, uh, that, that backbone that allows you to have a strong foundation going forward. Um, and, and as you know, you know, there's always legal stuff that come up. Always. Um, and I just feel so much more confident, you know, having the knowledge that I've, that I've uh, built over the, over the years. So when you, when you um, completed law school, what was the bar process like for you? Can you take me on that journey? Because I think that people need to hear about that. Sure. Um, you know, it's a standardized test, right? Mm -hmm. You know, nobody really likes them. Um, but for me, you know, I went to school at Georgetown, um, and I had a decision to make. Um, it was funny, um, because before I was deciding how I was going to do the bar, um, I was, I spent my last semester in law school in Japan. Um, I had an amazing time out there. It really changed my perspective. Um, Japan is a beautiful place. I would recommend it to anybody. Um, but it was almost like, hey, I'm, I'm coming back from this semester in Japan and now I'm going to come to D.C. and just study for the bar. It just didn't feel didn't feel right. Um, so while I was out there, one of my one of my friends had visited and she was just like, well, you know, why don't you just study somewhere else? I was like, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea. Um, but for me, you know, I had just came from Asia, so I didn't really want to go all the way back. Um, and I also wanted something that was kind of close to the time zone of the time zone that I would be taking the bar because I didn't want to have to do any adjustments um, when it was time to take the test. So I decided to take the bar in uh, Mexico, not, not take the bar in Mexico, study for the bar in Mexico. Um, and that was one of the most beautiful uh, experiences I've had in my life. Um, I woke up every morning to the sunrise, um, meditation, yoga, and just, you know, grind all day, study, study, study. Um, but I, I had an awesome host. Uh, the lady's name was Rose. You know, she treated me like I was her son. Shout out to Rose. Um, shout out to Rose. Um, and there was a lot of vibrant young people around, but it was just a space where I could focus and I didn't know anybody. And so I was just able to, you know, do what I needed to do. Um, and before the test, I, had to f I, f I flew to Buffalo a week before, so I had some time. 
slept in the airport because uh, it was snowing and my flights didn't go out. So there was a lot of, I got sick while I was in Mexico. There was a lot of stress associated with it, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it was just grit um, because I remember being in that test, the, f the first session, um, and I just like, I, I, I spent too much time and just didn't get through enough essays. And I'm, I'm at lunch and I'm, I'm like looking through my phone, like figuring out like, oh, like how many essays can you miss and still pass this thing? Like I'm, I'm literally like about to go back to DC. Like I'm like, it's over. Yeah. You know, I already screwed up this test in the first session. Yeah. But I was just like, you know, sometimes you just have to dig deep and grab everything you have in you and just be like, look, I didn't come this far to just quit, you know? Definitely. Um, so I made a decision and somehow I passed. I, you can't tell me how. Look at that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned grit. Can you tell me more about what grit means to you? Um, so I think, I think a lot of times it's, it's kind of, I think about it in two parts. I think about it mentally and from a, from a body perspective. Um, mentally, your mind can tell you that you've had enough, right? Um, but you don't need to listen to those thoughts, right? Um, so you get past the mental stuff, right? And then your body says, okay, I've had enough. But even when your body tells you you've had enough, you need to tell your mind that I can do more. And then your body can do more. Um, and so it's really just a matter of digging deeper um, when you want to stop. Um, because I, even just doing push-ups every morning, you can always do one more. And if you do one more, you can always do one more. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I think about it. How did your time in Japan um, interning at a startup, the, the, I think it was a startup incubator? Yeah, it was an incubator. How did that influence your, you know, the work that you do currently? Um, it didn't influence the work that I do currently so much. And uh, other than it, it kind of gave me a perspective of a different market and kind of what's going, out, what's going on out there that's different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of things, you know, the whole venture capital market, you know, started out in Silicon Valley, right? And so um, that's kind of the mecca, right? But what we're realizing now is that you can start a company anywhere, you know? <laughs> and so I'm in D.C., I'm operating in D.C., I come to New York a lot, but we have an ecosystem out here as well. The, 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 the market in Japan isn't there yet, but it's coming. Um, and you can tell by the quality of products, you know, that the Japanese put out that they have such attention to detail yes. um, that, you know, I can only imagine what they're going to do from a from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, once they kind of because it's all about having an ecosystem and they don't have all the investors. They don't have all the VC investors that they have that they need right now. A lot of their ecosystem is kind of built on people that have come from banks. Um, and as a result, they operate a little differently than your kind of typical VC model. Um, but I'm confident that when they get there, you know, they're going to kill it. How does an ecosystem contribute to um, success? What do you mean? How does an ecosystem contribute to um, the success of a business, just having an ecosystem? You had mentioned the ecosystem. Sure. So, um, from one, for one, it's finance, right? So I have a business, but are there investors there that are gonna that are willing to put money into my company? Um, also, outside of the financing side, are that pe are, are there people there that have experience with the problems that you know 
um, I'm, I'm going through. Um, if there's no advisors there, if you don't have a lot of other CEOs to look through and say, hey, man, I'm going through the same struggles, it's a lot easier for you to quit, right? Because you Definitely. don't have a you don't have anybody to support you. Mm -hmm. Community. Um, yeah, it's it's all about community, just like just like anything else. Um, so I think that's that's what I mean when I talk about ecosystem. So how is it now? I know that you're. I work with you personally. You know, on the just the entity formation um, and just so many different other legal. Infor you know, information, I feel like as, a, as an entrepreneur, you need to know more than what you probably know coming into things. So how sure. is it working with, with entrepreneurs, um, advising clients? How is it now, you know, with your work? It's great. Um, you know, it's interesting a lot of times when, um, you know, it's always good to, to, to help people out. Um, but a lot of times you're just working with people that you don't even know, you know, um, when it really hits home is when you can use your skills to to help people that you've known all your life, you know, or people that you've just built relationships with and you genuinely, like, know their struggle. Um, and so that's when I really get empowered um, with the work that I do is that when, when Kiba comes to me and says, you know, she's raising money for her company and I can, I can help you with that, that's when I feel, that's when I'm glowing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, but it's, um, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting process in terms of dealing with certain different personalities and, you know, dealing with, uh, how, how different people work. Um, but it generally has been a blessing, you know, I've been learning a lot, um, and I'm, I'm happy to help people because at the end of the day, um, Everybody has this passion inside of them that they, you know, they want to build, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to, to be a part of those those Legos, you know. So for anyone that's looking for a lawyer, they can come to you for any, you know, entity formation, contracts, just overall, you know, I, I encourage a lot of creatives to come to you and entrepreneurs because you'd be able to really help solidify their processes or at least with the formation part, which can be really difficult. For sure, for sure. So tell me more about writing your first book, <clears throat> one of many. Sure, so um, so I, I kind of mentioned, I talked about Free Your Mind a little bit before, um, and the writing in the magazine was a little bit different. Um, I'd say it was probably a little bit more preachier than I would like, um, right. Um, which one? For your mind. For your mind. Okay, for your it. mind. Mm -hmm. um, these days, you know, um, you know, I practice. You know, I don't. I don't preach. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's Travis Scott, right? <laughs> 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 I just practice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, so in these writings, I, I wrote a lot of them when I was traveling, um, but they were all kind of one-offs at the time. You know, I didn't envision it becoming into what it was or what it is. Um, it started out um, as as a bunch of kind of I, I like wordplay a lot, you know, um, and so I'll be going through my day and I'll write down a line that'll come to me, um, and then it'll slowly build into something that's more. And so during the time when I'm traveling, I really have the time to kind of think back on life, think about what's important, um, and, and dig deeper on things. And so. Um, it really just kind of came together over time um, after talking with, you know, some of my friends. And I had another friend who's actually just getting ready to come out with a book. 
um, and he was talking about his situation, what he was trying to do, and it, um, having that conversation with him, and also also what I mentioned about free your mind in terms of the way I like to write and the things I like to write about. It it just felt that the book was the right platform and the right um, mode of transportation for me and, and what I was trying to do. What challenges did you face when publishing? <clears throat> uh, so I self-published the book. Um, anytime you're trying to do anything <laughs> new um, that you've never done before, it's uh, it, there's there's things that come up. You know, you do a lot of research on your own um, in, in in terms of trying to plan. Uh, but there, there's always something new that needs to be done. There, there's always, um, you know, dealing with other people. Um, and so it was certainly a process, but it was it was just one of those things where I wanted to do it. And when you want to do something, you just don't deal with excuses. You just get it done. Um, and so, you know, all that stuff is kind of, you know, a part of the journey, right? There's going to be, there's always going to be little bumps and, and hills coming your way, but, you know, we hurdle those, so it's, it's not really a thing. You know, you, you deal with them as they come. Embrace the journey. Exactly. For work-life balance, does that exist? <laughs> like, is that a thing? Uh, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, I know you... You mentioned traveling and how that, you know, influ influences your work. But do you find that you're creating balance for yourself within your work and life? Balance in the two? Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, in terms, of, in terms of my work as an attorney, I, I work a lot of hours. Um, and it, it often, you know, takes a toll because you don't always get to have put the time to, the, to that other identity that you want, you know. Um, but the way I look at it, I mean, everybody's working, you know, like I'm, I'm working as an attorney. Right. But there's people out here who are working three or four jobs trying to feed their family and they have to come home and, and cook dinner. And you know what I'm saying? So. For me, like, I work my ass off knowing that it's going to lead to something better. Um, and when we need to release, we release. You know, we hang out. We have a good time. Um, and, you know, you can, you can call that work-life balance. Um, the goal, I feel like, is to be in a situation where people can't tell whether you're working or playing, you know? Um, it, it looks like you're doing both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I start to kind of being, be, you know, being able to, to help my friends, and, you know, with the contracts, with the financing, those type of things, as well as work on my creative side, um, I do start to find a balance uh, that I really enjoy and like. Beyond your titles, what do you love to do? Uh, so I love, to, I love to travel. We talked about that. Um, for me, it's just adventure, you know. Um, I feel like if I had a past life, if I was, you know, somewhere back in the day, I would, you know, be on a boat sailing somewhere, you know. Um, Where are your favorite places to travel? Is there? Uh, so the kind of the three places I have been thus far that have really touched my heart have been uh, Japan. Um, as I mentioned, I spent a semester there. 
I recently got back from Mongolia, uh, which was an amazing time. Tell us more. We need <clears throat> to know about Mongolia. Sure. So um, I really like the history. Um, when I was talking about kind of history and uh, Genghis Khan, you know, really spoke to me. Um, I, I read a lot of um, history about him as well as a couple documentaries. And so I wanted to go to his land. I wanted to see what it was about. It's part of the exploration in me, right? Um, and so when I originally tried to go there, I tried to, you know, send emails out to kind of find a place to stay out in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. They don't have any email. They don't have anything. So I, I booked a hotel in a major city um, and then pretty much worked with the hotel front desk to tell them where I wanted to go. Um, ended up in a beautiful national park um, where I stayed in a yurt um, and, you know, had amazing food and, and went horseback riding for seven hours through mountains, rivers. Wow. It was one of the most amazing days of my life. Sounds um, like it. Yeah, I mean, I had a guide who was a little bit younger than me. Um, and I mean, any other time I've ridden a horse before, it's just kind of been, you know, going around in a circle, right? But this was just no holes bar, you know, uh, racehorse. Um, and it, it was it was like an experience I've never had before in my life. It was it was amazing. Uh, so I said Japan, Mongolia, and then I, I always have that special place in my heart for Mexico, um, just because... Like I said, I have a, a, a real thing about the sunrise. It's something about the energy that it gives off um, and, and just the start of your day. Um, I know a lot of people like the sunset, and that's, that's cool too, but for me, it's the, it's the sunrise that really gets things, gets the juices flowing. Um, so I say those are kind of my, my three places, but I still, have, um, I still haven't been back to the mother. I still haven't been to the motherland yet, so. That's next. <laughs> So many beautiful countries to visit. For sure. So I, I would love to hear um, just a page, you know, just a poem, a prose from one of many. Um, sure. I'm thinking of the sunrise one now that you're talking about Mexico. That, okay. I think that would be a, a great one to hear. Can you share that with me? Sure. So uh, the name of this uh, poem is called The Rise of the Sun. And it's, it's meant to, it, it, it really actually, now that you mention it, I wrote this while I was in Mexico. Um, and it speaks more to just the rise of the sun, but also the rise of an individual, you as a person, uh, um, kind of becoming and turning into the person that you're supposed to be, the best version of yourself. Um, so here we go. It's called The Rise of the Sun. <clears throat> The Rise of the Sun. Times are hard. Life's struggles have become a reflection of night. Darkness pervades the sky. There is no sign of light. They've been waiting, but it seems no relief is near. Hues of orange, purple, and yellow slowly appear. The time has come to show your true colors. They've started to question if you're any different from the others. We see the potential, but are you really that bright? Or are you just providing more artificial light? Suddenly the sun moves out from behind the clouds. A star is born, its presence is announced bright and loud. The sun shines and gives life to all that exists. The people give thanks and show signs of bliss. 
All skeptics disproved, all doubts dismissed. Are you a son or are you living off another's rays? Let your shine be authentic, not for another's praise. No one will see your light if you keep it under covers. Our eyes don't see light, we only see its effect on others. The sun starts down to earth and then moves high into the sky. Remember to stay humble, what goes up must come down, no matter how high its rise. Watch out for the clouds that are haters trying to block your shine. Move past them quickly, my son. You do not have the time. Wearing sunglasses, well, that's their way of throwing shade. They can't look you in the eyes. That's how you know that they're afraid. Snaps all around for you, for Philip Matador. Thanks, Steve. Absolutely. What does your what does legacy mean to you? It's a great question. Um, so I mean, when I think about legacy, it it kind of brings me to a, another writing in the book, which is um, obituary. So it's uh, it was wordplay, you know. Obituary. Um, what will they say in your obituary? So, you know. So what are they going to say about you when you're gone? Um, and for me, I, I kind of think about legacy, um, in two ways. I mean, from a content perspective, uh, there's a quote that speaks to me, um, and it, it's pretty much that the idea is not to live forever. Um, the idea is to create something that will. Um, and so for me, from a content um, perspective, whether that be books, films, whatever, um, I'm, I want to change minds. I want to change people's perspectives on things, um, whether that be race, um, religion. I feel like in our life right now, you know, we have an app for everything. You know, our biggest problems during this day and age are social issues and obviously our environment. I'm not a science guy. And so, you know, I'll let, you know, Elon Musk deal with that. Um, but the social issues, you know, and so I feel like I can be a part of that and helping helping change minds through the content that's that's funny, but also provide some wisdom. Um, and then the other part of legacy for me is kind of um, bringing people together. Um, and that's the whole purpose of the book. I mean, so the, the name of the book is is one of many. And it's meant to mean that, hey, I'm, I'm one of many people who's, you know, trying to find my way, um, trying to become the best version of myself. Um, but what can happen when the many come together as one? And so in terms of how I've kind of previously thought about, you know, bringing people together, it was always kind of like, hey, you know, we'll all kind of come together and we'll build something. And, you know, but what I've what I've learned over time is that we all have our individual passions um, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be under one umbrella. And what I mean by that is that like, I'm working on a book, right? Um, you've got your skincare products, you've got your podcast. We've all, we all are building skills um, in our individual capacities that allow us to help each other out. And so when we talk about work-life balance and working too long at the law firm, et cetera, I'm building these skills right now that's going to allow me to help you, that's going to allow me to help the crew. And you have skills that's going to that's help me out as well. 
And so what you start to formulate is more of a tribe, a collective of people who can stand on their own and help each other out, um, as opposed to it having to be under one umbrella because we all have different passions and we all cannot really be put into a box. Um, and so that's the way I, I, I really want to kind of help bring people together um, in that sense. And that's exactly why you're here on Beyond My Title. I was like, you are breaking out of your box. You're helping people break out of your box. And we're just not being confined to a box. So definitely. No um, I would love for you to share obituary. I think that would be. More? Yes, please. We're doing two? Is that okay? <laughs> please. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay, so this one is called uh, Obituary. More like, oh, bitch, are you worried? You are going to die. You are going to die. You are going to die. Oh, bitch, are you worried? What will they say in your obituary? They will talk about your education and where you worked. They will talk about your hobbies and all the work that you did for the church. They will talk about your family and your pleasant demeanor. It will end with, farewell, my grateful servant. Well done. That's all? That's all? That can't be it. Surely there's a missing page that someone has ripped. They say you preach your own funeral based on the life that you lived. They will remember how you made them feel and all the things that you did. Were you a man of your word? Or were you true to yourself? Or were you selfish and conceited without caring for anyone else? So many who die are soon forgotten and lost without a trace, only to be remembered by their ashes in a vase. Pardon me, my friend, but were you born for no reason? Not using your talents is the world's greatest treason. Not using your talents is the world's greatest treason. Nourish your talents and on this earth leave your mark before it's too late and your light turns to dark. Thank you so much for joining me, Kevin. Where can we find you? You can find me out here on these streets. Where are you on the internet? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the internet. Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, Philip Matador. Um, I'm also there's a website uh, www.philipmatador.com. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, come find me. Um, don't hesitate to send me a message. It's all love. You know, I'm I'm looking for people, um, good people with good intentions. Um, just like my girl Kiva right here. Thank you so much for joining me. Coming all the way from D.C. to New York City and Gowanus at that. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you for having me. I love you, Keith. I would love to hear from you. Reach out and share more about how you're living life beyond your title at beyondmytitle at gmail.com. Follow along on social media at Beyond My Title and like, share, and subscribe to hear the latest episodes first. This podcast was brought to you by Bib Media. Born in Brooklyn, believe the hype.